0: your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to our WWE Day 1 post show of 300 and. 65 <laughs> yeah oh, right?
0: hey john happy new year happy holidays everything how you doing uh, i'm doing okay i'm doing all right new year mm. all Let's right yeah up. brand new year off to a off to a big start
1: uh yes we have a lot to talk about tonight we're gonna go through the pay-per-view and uh and then we'll open it up to uh to all of you, uh, I will not be uh, able to stick around for the calls and feedback tonight. So Wei is going to uh, man the phone lines and go through your feedback. So, uh, you know, it's, it's best for all involved. You get, you get Wei Ting, you get the main event, and you get his uh, unfiltered thoughts. But let us get into uh, all of the news uh, going into tonight. It was around 6 o'clock that the news dropped that uh, Roman Reigns had tested positive for COVID-19 and was thus off. Of tonight's pay per view and his match with Brock Lesnar, in which Lesnar was going to be inserted into the now fatal five way match for the WWE Championship. And we will skip ahead because Lesnar is now the WWE Champion. So uh, an extremely important show in terms of just uh, setting the course for the start of the year for the company. Uh, But uh, obviously, unfortunate news for Roman Reigns. He was uh, not on any of the live events this week, uh, but it seemed that that was more so of a precaution to preserve this main event. Obviously, everything was centered around Reigns and Lesnar for tonight and with the Paul Heyman story. uh, But it just seems like they... They got that news today. He stated he tested today. So obviously that was what they had to deal with. And that's the current situation, the way things played out today.
0: Yeah, listen, you can take every precaution. um, And somewhere along the way, you know, this is a... a, a,
1: This this will be common. This is going to happen. Uh, I would imagine this is not going to be an isolated uh, case when it comes to uh, cards that it's uh, that are going to be forced to be changed some at the very last minute. Um I will say this, I know like there was uh you know people uh upset about some of the live events where some of these big names were not there and it wasn't announced until the show. They at least got this word out before the pa- Now, this is not a traditional pay-per-view. You're not plopping down $40 to buy the show in the traditional sense, but it seemed that the the turnaround from when they found out about the test it probably was not too many hours before they got it out and they did get it before at least before they went live tonight and got that out they also wanted to push this main event and what the new main event was going to be
0: sure yeah it it was not a sasha banks situation where right. uh, um they waited you know until after the show started and in fact promoting the, the the actual main event before telling you that something else was to happen i mean it's a totally different scenario in you know when it came to the sasha banks deal they they felt I guess somewhat justified because they felt Becky was, was a big enough surprise. You didn't really have that here. You know, you had to announce Brock Lesnar to enter the match. And um, I think as a make good, maybe part of the reasoning was, was to give you a, um, a, a title change, you know, for the audience to kind of, and probably happy.
1: like some significant changes of how this reigns Lesnar story is going to weave. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you have to wonder like how much about this is also, you know, December, um, you know, Raw was slightly up this past week with the uh, with the renewal vows with Miz and Maurice. but you're coming off a month where it was three of the lowest 18 to 49 numbers on record in the history of Raw. And coming out of tonight, it would suggest that you're going to at least see Lesnar probably pop up on, on Raw.
0: Perhaps, yeah, certainly. It, it really does make you wonder what pieces had to change at, at the very last minute across
1: both shows at this point.
0: You know, he, he but was probably much-
1: sizable ones way like there was mm-hmm. uh, 24 hours ago. I don't think Lesnar's coming out of the show with your WWE title. So I, I think some significant changes have probably occurred as a result of this and probably the idea of sending the fans home home happy with a title change. Although I will imagine there were uh, quite a few that left pretty disappointed of who was not champion after tonight.
0: Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Uh it, but yeah, this this is a decision that affects a whole lot of people. I mean, first of all, we wish, you know, uh, Roman Reigns a, a speedy recovery and, and the best of health, of course. Um but beyond that, you know, his plans for the foreseeable p- future will definitely have changed as as has, you know, Brock's, of course, as has Big E's and whoever he was partnered with. And maybe Bobby, Bobby Lashley coming out of this as well. So, it's I think a, so. it's a 24 hour, it's a few hours um removed from like a big decision that affects a whole lot of people.
1: Yeah, and I just want to read this uh this this paragraph uh, from the lead story from the Wrestling Observer this week that was uh, talking about some of the uh the changing protocols in WWE that it appears they are uh, following the the latest CDC guidelines and changing their protocols much like the NBA and uh the NH or the, the NFL and NHL have. Um but anyway, it reads uh from the memo that the Observer had seen that had been issued is that anyone who tests positive and is not vaccinated will have a minimum 10 days of quarantine as well as heart testing before they can return to work. Those who test positive and are fully vaccinated, as is the case with rains, must be out for six days. Beginning on day five, if they are asymptomatic for 24 hours, they must pass two antigen tests at least 24 hours apart before returning. Anyone in close contact with someone who tests positive is allowed to come to work, but will be tested daily for five days after exposure if they show no symptoms. So uh, reading from that, and uh, it had been noted that Reigns had been uh, fully vaccinated, that in theory, um, it's not out of the question he could be back as early as Friday if, if he could pass that test in time, this being a Saturday uh, to, to Friday. But we will see. I mean, it's, I don't think it's necessarily imperative that Roman Reigns would have to fly to where SmackDown is on Friday. You could certainly uh, get around that
0: yeah yeah we'll see um i i again you know we hope we hope the um the best for him in terms of health of course he's somebody who uh would be considered immunocompromised i suppose and mm-hmm. um so I don't know if things will be different for him if they'll want to be extra cautious, but uh yeah, we'll wait to see what what happens on friday
1: uh another news item tonight uh coming out of game changer wrestling <laughs> was the arrival of Jeff Jarrett to attack Effie at the Die For This card in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Jeff Jarrett, just the man that he just finds his way everywhere. Apparently, yeah.
0: Um, having, seemingly having uh, an opinion or at least, you know, try, wanting to endorse the sale of progress. Um, now tonight turning up at GCW, really just kind of like showing up in the most unlikely of places to start off his 2022, so... Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, whatever, like it's GCW, anybody, everybody fits in, right?
1: Could it be, I I haven't seen any of the show, so I I don't know if anything was like, This seemed like this would set up like Jared and Effie at the Hammerstein Ballroom, you would think.
0: He hit Effie with a guitar and, and kind of, you know, unmasked sort of, so. Um, it looked like right. a cool
1: angle, but I, I'm basing it really just on the like the the Twitter clips that were appearing. But uh, John Pine will have a review of uh, that show. He also has the card, uh, a report on the card from last night because GCW did their Till Infinity show on New Year's Eve as well. Mark Buckle running through the Noah card uh, at Budokan Hall from earlier today with Katsuhiko Nakajima and uh, and Goshiozaki Ozaki as well. Very cool. All right. Hey, we should also
0: announce uh, the schedule for the week.
1: Yes. Why don't you uh, go through the schedule?
0: Uh, So, we have our usual shows. Of course, we are back for our daily news update starting tomorrow, but it'll sort of be a bit of a soft return, because we'll be back tomorrow for a daily news update, but then Tuesday and Wednesday, John and I will not be doing them because we'll be doing our Wrestle Kingdom post-shows. Those will be exclusive for for Post Wrestling Cafe patrons, so if you're signed up, beginning of the month, postwrestlingcafe.com, you get two nights of our Wrestle Kingdom coverage, three nights if you include the one on Saturday, so a lot of Wrestle Kingdom to come. And then on Thursday, it will be our Best of 2021 special, available on all feeds. We'll be doing that, of course, with our friends from Up Next the BDE, who I'm sure we'll have a, a lot to catch up with over the uh the, the past holiday season. So that'll be this week as well. We've got uh of uh, dynamite returning, Rwanda uh, SmackDown and Rampage. Uh and then on Saturday, Battle of the Belts, me and Kate will be doing that show, uh splitting duty duties with John and WH talking about uh, Wrestle Kingdom night three.
1: Yeah. I've gotta say like a week out. Uh I don't know if we, we maybe put too much stock into this Battle of the Belt show. Like, what do you... Uh, they've got to do something big on Wednesday to set the show up on Saturday. It does not feel like a big event next Saturday.
0: Yeah, I mean, the headliner is uh, a women's title match. I mean, I'm sure it'll no, be a great the, match. The
1: match, Way That is the match that has been announced for that show. Yeah,
0: I, I have to think they'll at least throw two more matches on. And I mean, the Rampage gets three matches, but maybe two matches? I'm not sure. We'll We'll find out, but... Um, nonetheless, you know it's a. It, I would still consider it a significant event. You know, it's it's a it's the first one on on um Dynamite, or sorry, on the on on the Saturday, and also the TBS debut on Wednesday. That's the That's big right. event of the week.
1: Well, and I thought that was the one they hammered home throughout the week, and I actually thought that. Um, Like coming out of it, I thought Battle of the Belts felt like an afterthought, but I would not have been trying to push both. I think it's really confusing that, hey, we've also got this show that's on a different night and it's on TNT, not TBS. It's like if you've got to pick your event, pick the TBS debut. I think the timing of this Saturday show is uh, I think it's bad timing. I think we should have saved this for maybe February, but we'll see what they do this week. I think you have to do something big on Wednesday to send people to Saturday. Um, We will see.
0: Who knows how much of it was was up to them, how much was, you know, the network saying, Here are your dates, you kinda have to do it. Um and of course they also have rampage to really drive drive it home as well. But sure, we'll we'll see what the buzz is as we head towards Saturday.
1: Well, they had a full house here at the State Farm Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh we saw the advances. It was, you know, in approximately eleven thousand tickets out. Um and the announced number on the broadcast was over thirteen thousand six hundred, which I'm sure was a um A a WWE number, but nonetheless, this was a very, very strong house uh, for the company. And obviously, is the
0: 3000 like matter all that much? Like, does anybody look at that and says only (laughs) 10,000, you know, like it's not 13.
1: (laughs) I mean, this is a company that for some WrestleManias, they've literally added a fictitious NBA sized arena to their attendance um, as well. So a few thousand. I mean, that's the cost of doing business. But Obviously, this is, I, I would say, for year one of day one, you have to look at this as, obviously, we're not going to know the streaming numbers. That's going to probably tell the tale. But the idea was, like, Atlanta is a huge hub for New Year's gatherings. I I would have said that <laughs> 10 days ago. I don't know what the uh, New Year's activity necessarily was. But um, not, nevertheless, it seemed like, as a live event, this worked really well. And I guess the idea would be to continue this for new year's weekend every year
0: mm-hmm. it, it, the 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 choice of a city is a interesting one for for a show like this and it absolutely worked tonight this is a really hot crowd
1: so uh going in of course we had the brock lesnar news this was all uh breaking um right as i was uh doing dishes and i got my my brand new airpods that said Text message from Y <laughs> and they <laughs> informed me. I was like, Oh Christ. And at the rundown. Um so oh. that's how I found out. Yeah, I was Go having back. a day. And this was just this was like God's laughter at me. I was like, Of course, of course this is happening right now. Anyway, so the kickoff show featured Kayla Braxton, Bert, JBL, Booker T, and Peter Rosenberg. Uh the Ms. got involved here, interrupting the panel. The New Day was interviewed in the back. And then we go to Seamus and Ridge Holland taking on Cesaro and Ricochet uh, with Michael Cole and Pat McAfee on commentary as they welcome us to the first premium live event of the new year, which is the new pay-per-views are out 2022. We produce premium live events. PLEs. Poes, Yes.
0: Premium live events. Yeah, it's going to take a while to get used to that.
1: PLE. Yes. <laughs> um, so, Please. man. This match uh, immediately got off to a rough start as Cesaro flipped Ricochet with his leg and Ricochet came down and caught poor Ridge Holland right in the face with his foot and then on the replay you could see his shin got like rebounded and, and hit him as well. So it appears that Holland broke his nose and it was so bad that he tags out and he was taken out of the match. And Michael Cole was like giving this update. So Seamus wrestled the whole match two on one and the heel prevails here. Of course, uh, Cesaro misses in the corner, uh, bounces into a rogue kick and Seamus pins him in nine minutes and 45 seconds. Um, Regardless, the the heel babyface thing, it really doesn't matter. They were throwing a total uh, curveball here, um, but man, Ridge Holland, he's had some rough luck, and this was definitely not his fault uh, in this situation. But he had that no. nasty leg injury in NXT, and I mean, the weird thing is, is that Sheamus and Ridge Holland, this is actually going to like form like like the they're probably going to get a gimmick out of this as like the guys, with the broken noses. Oh,
0: shame. <laughs> Sheamus can pass on his face mask to Ridge Holland. And this will actually kind of work out. Um, shit happens. You know, it's really unfortunate. Um There was I'm, a lot of blood. Like there was like a big oh, yeah. stain
1: on the mat. Like this was, and, and it was like one of the first spots of the match too. It happened mm-hmm. very early.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. A shitty way to start a new year. But I mean, shit like this was a show where, um, the, the, the theme of the night seemed to be improvisation and improvisation under live TV and under live pressure. So a lot of credit to, to these three for managing to get through this match. Uh, as awkward of a scenario as it was, having the heel be on a two-on-one disadvantage and having to become the victor. Um, but nobody, I don't think, will put too much stock into it. You know, they will use the injury to their advantage to tell the story. And, um, you know, I'm glad to see that they didn't put... Ridge Holland out there in further danger for a kickoff match, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, you know, broken noses suck, but, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully it at least gives some kind of feud for these guys going forward. You just try and find the silver lining here. And then the pay-per-view proper premium live event proper kicked off with the Usos defending the SmackDown tag team championship against King Woods and Kofi Kingston with Pat McAfee, noting that the Usos' cousin Roman is battling the big homie, Omi.
0: Oh, okay. That's a new one. Homie, Omi. Yes, the big Hmm.
1: homie, Omi. Uh, Usos uh, took control of Kofi Kingston, uh, featuring Jay doing the uh, running hip attack in the corner as Pat yelled, Ass to face!
0: Yeah, I feel like uh, Pat McAfee... Might come up a couple times in this in this recap
1: you know as as i was listening to a lot of like year-end kind of um uh media shows and looking back at the year that was it's become pretty evident that between raw and smackdown one of their most mainstream personalities is pat mcafee like he is probably especially after the fan duel deal i think that's taken him now to a a different stratosphere of kind of his role now of this guy that's almost like this, this rogue member of the media that set out on his own and he's won and he is getting all of his applause for uh, the success he's had. Like this is a, not a bad get for WWE to have this guy attached to their product.
0: Certainly. Yeah. Which means he has a lot of freedom to say (laughs) things like ass to face. He's never
1: wearing pants ever. Never. No. So, um, yeah, they they had the heat on Kofi for a while, built up to the the hot tag to uh, Woods and we Woods just- Woods,
0: billed as the uh, hometown guy residing in Atlanta. Yeah,
1: yes, uh, the Usos hit the alley Oos on Woods and then Kingston attempted a trouble in paradise spinning into a super kick and that's when we got into uh, a lot of near falls here from Kofi uh, there was they worked they chop block Kofi's knee uh, Jimmy even used a tequila sunrise at one point they do the double uso splash onto Kingston Woods dives in for the save the crowd is getting into all of the near falls and Woods attempts a pescado and is hit with a super kick coming down as the usos hit the 3D on Kofi Kingston that is identified as the 1D for one and done because we the ones and the Usos retain the tag titles in 17 minutes and three seconds and this was probably most people's match of the show uh, unless you just totally were all in on the incredible sprint that we got in the main event but um, I think everything really struggled to follow this after this opener.
0: I thought it was a great match, you know, as we expected. I mean, you count me in the camp as somebody who preferred the main event, but this was also a great match. It This was even a match that I think felt better than the other Usos versus New Day matches because I think partially because of Woods' elevated status as a single star, of course, with him being a hometown guy. And this was also a crowd that absolutely loved the New Day, and they were with them for every near fall. So everything, you know, on paper, like, it's not a match that excited me. We've seen it a million times, but... Not everybody has seen this iteration of this match live. And certainly for the people there in, in you know, they, they were watching this completely fresh and they were absolutely into every move. So it, it came across really well on TV. I, I will say, you know, on the Pat McAfee note, he had a line where he said, we were close to having a day where Roman gets COVID and the bloodline lose their tag team titles. Yeah, he did say now, that. I don't know. like I, I, He's a guy who gets very excitable and and I, he seems to come across as a guy who doesn't necessarily think too much about what he's about to say before he says it. But that is definitely a line that I think he, he probably shouldn't have said.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't really like the uh, kind of working in Roman's COVID into so much. And it's also very jarring on WWE programming where it, COVID has pretty much been like the word we do not utter on this show Outside of what the Drew McIntyre case, and on this show, I mean, it was brought up many, many times, m- mainly from Pat McAfee.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the, the the tweet from Roman itself, too. You know, he he's been very. They certainly were not shying
1: it. away from it. They were not, yeah. you know, trying to. You no, know, they they made it clear vi- several times uh, with Michael Cole announcing it. Like they they were very clear. The guy tested positive for COVID. We're not coming up with some mysterious reason.
0: The homie, omi. Oh
1: the homie, omi. Oh um, anyway, t- strong opener, I thought. And uh, one of the matches that I-, I thought the crowd did really get into, because I there was like a lot of people here, but there were some matches where it just seemed like it was not even like a dead crowd, but almost like a static crowd that you sometimes get at, at some of these shows. Um, but we'll talk about that as uh, the show progressed. Kevin Patrick interviewed Big E, and this was just the roll call of main event participants that were spoken to throughout the night, reacting to Brock Lesnar being in the match. Uh, and then Kayla Braxton caught up with Migos. They're very excited to be here. And after tonight, I was like, wow, this was like quite the get for them. And <laughs> their involvement was like being in RK Bros Corner.
0: Yeah, well, I mean didn't they, they say
1: they were going to perform i could have sworn so, they said they were going to perform was,
0: it was like um i think it was a uh, uh Pete, P- peter rosenberg um saying it back one of the commentators um and the kickoff said it by accident before they corrected themselves um so it, it was an appearance not a performance
1: i thought in the build-up they they had said uh i could be wrong though but um yeah we, we got an ap- appearance by them they absolutely appeared
0: they appeared and also uh Quavo did sort of like a little introduction for the opening video,
1: madcap Moss and drew McIntyre. Uh, we got the, um, Cole transitioning from Migos to the happy amigos as Corbin and Moss walked out. Uh, Moss did his, uh, his jokes that were all awful, but they sell them for one another. And, Moss uh, cut off Drew McIntyre, sending him into the post. Got the heat for a brief period of time, and then Moss caught him with a cross body off the ropes. He nearly lost his balance, but had control. Threw McIntyre for a follow-away slam. Uh, Drew was in the tree of woe, did the sit-up suplex, and then missed on the first Claymore attempt, hit it on the second, and pinned Moss in nine minutes and 43 seconds. I will say this, um, this was certainly longer than it needed to be because Moss is just not a character anyone wants to see for 10 minutes, Uh, but this guy is a very good athlete, and I think you did get to see um, a, a semblance of that in this match. It's just a character that nobody is going to have any stock in because it's a total throwaway gimmick that I think has a very short shelf life, but... You know, Riddick Moss, I think, you know, he's he's got a lot of tools there. He is just, I, I think this character is just going to run its course, and he's kind of going to get branded as a nothing figure.
0: Yeah, I mean, on top of that, he's the lackey to another joke character in Baron Corbin. So this was certainly not, to me, a match that was worthy of a premium live event. I, I did I didn't feel this was premium at all, okay? This was worthy of a live event, but a premium one? I don't think so. Okay, this this might have belonged on a house show somewhere, but I I really don't have that much to say about it. It was a a match of little interest or consequence, but successful in execution, you know, building to to the Corbin match, I I suppose, after this.
1: Megan Morant interviewed Kevin Owens, who called Brock Lesnar a bully after his actions against his best friend, Sami Zayn. And Owens is off to talk about his plan with Seth Rollins. Uh, So, Migos was out with Randy Orton and Riddle for their defense uh, against Street Profits for the Raw tag titles. Uh, Dawkins and Ford were doing Orton's pose at the beginning, and Orton went for the RKO. Dawkins avoided it. And, like, we got every RK Bro match that you see most Mondays. Heat on Riddle for a long period of time. You build up to the hot tag. Everyone gets into Randy's comeback. Then something thwarts Randy, but then they regain their composure and they work towards some really cool finish involving the RKO. Uh, you throw in some dives by Montez Ford. This was a fun match. He missed from the heavens, hoisted up in the air by Riddle and came down into the RKO in 11 minutes and 14 seconds.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's dependable, but it's something we've seen so much, you know. Um, And again, this was another match that felt like a house show match. Little build, little consequence, little interest going in. But satisfying if you decided to show up tonight. And I I thought it worked with the audience. You know, of course, the difference was that you had Migos on commentary. um, And honestly, that was about it. You know, Ford looked tremendous as he usually does. um, But beyond that, it was just a match.
1: How about that dance he did uh, with with Randy? I was waiting for Randy to try and attempt it. Yeah, I don't know. Is that flossing? Is, or is, uh, that or was not variation? flossing. That that what seemed was that? like a that oh, pop, seemed... pop and locking. Is okay. that what that is? It looked uh, it looked like something Randy was not interested in trying to replicate.
0: He doesn't seem like much of an answer to me. He's so more afterwards, of a slither- slitherer.
1: Uh, yes. So afterwards, they shook hands, uh, Migos was in the ring, and, uh, and that was that. I mean, it was, it was a good match, but it was, um, you know, it's, it's a good formula. It typically works, and that's, that's what we got here. Drew is you know, back. St-
0: sorry, like, th- th- just b- uh, before we move on, like throughout the night, they were showing a lot of recaps, or, or sorry, a lot of these like little profile pieces uh, that they would show in live events, like between commercials, just
1: to kind of highlight. I, I think that's what guys. these are for. I think these are the commercials on Peacock.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. You're right. Yeah, because was that the case in prior um my my, of my
1: assumption is that this is these are the commercial blocks for international viewers when they're running ads on Peacock.
0: I see. Okay,
1: so I mean, we got a ton of them. Like you can really you can take uh, a lot of breaks during these pay per views. I'm not well, going to kick I, that habit easily.
0: I, I guess I was wondering if they were just doing this to fill time because they were short of match. and and, you know as we saw with the main event it wasn't necessarily going to be extended by by any considerable length
1: well we saw a few of these at the survivor series but it seemed like they were much more amplified on this one i more so took the uh the match lengths like they really stretched this out to become a three-hour show like we got Mm. um except for the main event um you know pretty much everything uh got more than enough time like we had you know, the women's title match was 17. We had the opener. The SmackDown tag title was 17. Edge and Miz went 20. Like, these were some long matches to that it seemed like there was a lot of uh, just to stretch this out to make up for uh, the loss of Reigns and Lesnar.
0: Yeah, I suppose because it's it's been a while. Like, I, I didn't realize that, this, you know, like we, we essentially have commercial breaks through pay-per-views now, at least like very long gaps now between these matches.
1: Drew McIntyre is in the back. He put over Moss as a tough son of a bitch. And with that, the tough son of a bitch and Corbin attacked him. They got a chair, put Drew's neck through it, and Corbin grabbed a metal truss and dropped it as uh, they did like a pretty significant injury angle with Drew McIntyre. This was not the kind of angle where I expect Drew to just run back out on Friday for a match. Like this should be sold for, I would say like a week or two. This was pretty big. Perhaps, yeah, yeah. He'll be back for the Rumble. Uh, they ran an ad for the Rumble, confirming, of course, the men's and women's uh, Rumble matches. And we might as well uh, add it now. Like this aired on Instagram, but it seemed like this is uh, this is going to happen. Johnny Knoxville will be in the men's Royal Rumble because Jackass Forever is coming out February fourth. So there's our mm-hmm. celebrity tie-in for the Royal. Hey,
0: Rumble. man! Really high bar for celebrities over the past year. Okay, so I mean, I think he's 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 got to be practicing big spot what can he do what would you like to see johnny knoxville do what sort of i
1: think stunt? the only a I flaming table o- it has to be yeah um i don't think that's gonna happen um he, he should have like Thumbtacks. some kind of stunt this would be really a real letdown if it was like a drew carry elimination
0: no no it's got to be something like it can't just be yeah it can't just be like you know it's all steel chair like come on it's johnny knoxville
1: do you remember when they were all going to be part of uh, SummerSlam that year and then the Benoit stuff happened and they all like like pulled out of doing SummerSlam that year? But they even they right. did the angle on TV to to set it up. That was going to be like Jackass was going to be all over that SummerSlam.
0: So long time ago. Wow.
1: Does Jackass forever like does That um, like was that was Jackass ever of interest to you?
0: No, no. I was more of a Tom Green guy, not so much a Jackass guy. What about you?
1: I I enjoyed Jackass early. In fact, when the first movie came out, me and my friends actually skipped school to go watch it. Um, I would probably watch it just out of, uh, like, nostalgia. Um, I can watch stupid stuff for an hour and a half, um, but probably need, like, 15-year gaps between these movies. I would say today, though, like, it would—would would Steve-O not be the most relevant of all of them, I would say?
0: I hear his name a lot, sure. Or uh, what is—who well, am I thinking of? Yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. I, I get I get mista- I mistake the jackass guys for the punk guys. I never know who which is which. Yeah, sure, Stevo.
1: Kayla spoke with Brock Lesnar, who said he uh, Brock Lesnar does what Brock Lesnar wants because he is a free agent, thanks to Paul Heyman. Um, which is uh, like a nice little tie in here to give you some kind of explanation. Like he is technically not associated to either brand, uh, and he will become the WWE champion, and that's a spoiler.
0: I love this new Brock. He did the whole, like, Heyman introduction. Like, he did a pretty good Heyman impersonation, I have to say. I'm loving this fun new Brock. And he didn't lie. He
1: really did spoil the main event. You're right, yeah. Mm. Edge versus The Miz. Edge came out with his brood theme, which switches halfway through to his uh, his regular theme. Uh, So we got both entrances here. I thought this was kind of novel when he did it at SummerSlam. No, I, it just kind. Of, I like the song. I I really enjoyed the Brood theme, but it just felt sort of like okay, we did it. We did the um, the uh, the non bloodbath on Monday, so I guess that was our reason to do this.
0: I don't mind it when he pulls it out for pay per views. You know, I I think it's kind of cool, but sure. How how often can you do the bloodbath followed by the Brood entrance thing? I I I'm okay. Like it's it's been a half a year. <laughs> Once every half six months, you know. Do a bloodbath? Sure.
1: Okay. So this match, uh, Miz focused on Edge's left knee early, which would play into uh, later in the match, going back to the knee. And, like, I don't have a lot bad to say about this match, but I certainly don't have a lot great to say about it either. Other mm-hmm. than, like, like, it was just there. They fought onto the announcer's desk. Edge stopped a skull-crushing finale, drilling Miz on the desk And then Miz goes back to the knee. He gets a figure four and then tries for an STF. Edge is going for a crossface, but then Maurice puts Miz's foot on the rope and they knock each other down, landing big boots at the exact same time. And Miz was thrown off the turnbuckle. Edge misses the spear, and then Maurice uses something on Edge leading to the skull-crushing finale uh, for our near fall. And with Maurice complaining to referee Jessica Carr, We cut to the entrance, and there is Beth Phoenix, who is just seething and waiting and waiting and waiting, and then her music plays, and that was her being unlocked to come out. This felt like the countdown at War Games, where we're waiting for the countdown clock, although there was no countdown clock, and then it went, and she was allowed to proceed and go after Maurice, who she just stormed and maurice ran to the back Miz was distracted by all of this turns around spear and edge pins him
0: we can't run without music you ever try that
1: it's really yeah. tough yeah it's it yeah. was it was necessary here so um edge one i thought this match was really long and it was just to me um nowhere near the caliber of like edges matches with with rollins and it was um I I was more high on this match than I think some people were giving it credit for going in uh but I I can't say I was uh proven correct here I I thought this was just like it was a match it was a match and it sets up a mixed tag
0: yeah I agree with you I think for an Edge pay per view match you know he's had had a very high standard over was the it past premium
1: <laughs> I don't think it was premium
0: no, no no I wouldn't really say so I I didn't think the match was great. I thought it was a lot of maybe Edge working towards Miz's limitations. But, you know, like Miz is, Miz is at, a, at a level that's usually good enough for WWE storytelling. But it's never going to be a match that'll be so exceptional that you'll be saying, hey, you got to check out this match. And the question for me was whether or not Edge can carry Miz beyond that level. And I, I didn't think the answer was was yes here. But I thought all the important material that they did to set up the Maurice and Beth stuff worked really well. I thought, you know, like the, the Beth Phoenix thing. um, I don't know if there were timing issues or not, or if that was maybe somebody's vision of an intended dramatic reveal without music and then staring and then music. But um, it got a big reaction in person.
1: Yeah, it, it did get the reaction desired. Do you think that's something that they could hold off until WrestleMania? Or do you see this as something for the rumble?
0: Mm, I'm kind of seeing rumble, you know, like mania is a long ways away unless they mm. do like singles matches for, for Beth. And um, I'm, I'm more so thinking rumble.
1: Yeah. I would say April. That's, that's kind of hard to hold this off uh, mm. that, that long. If you're, if you're shooting the angle now, this
0: post wrestling podcast is brought to you by nerd Wallet's smart money podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with on nerd Wallet's smart money podcast.
1: So Bobby Lashley and MVP were told by Kevin Patrick, that Lashley's odds of winning tonight have taken a hit due to Lesnar's addition. And MVP puts over Lesnar, but Lashley is not trembling in fear because he is a -a once-in-a-lifetime athlete. The yin to Lesnar's yang, which I almost feel will be the uh, the slogan when these two have their match, which it does feel we're going for. Yin and yang. Okay. I like it. And Lashley said he's going to put him in the hurt lock. Becky Lynch, Liv Morgan for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Morgan was using the Rings of Saturn early, and Lynch would go to the rope to escape it, hit a leg drop off the turnbuckle, and then Morgan escapes an armbar and hit a spinning DDT for a two count, and in the most impressive thing Liv did in this match, she spun off the rope into a sunset bomb that looked great, um, nailing Lynch. Uh, Lynch then recovered, caught her in the armbar, but Morgan was quick to reach the rope and then missed another leg drop coming off the turnbuckle, and Morgan hits the missile drop kick. Lynch is rolling to the floor, and Morgan hits the suicide dive, and Liv takes Becky's arm and payback for the raw angle. She puts Lynch's hand into the steps and starts stomping and reapplies the Rings of Saturn. Lynch-, Lynch is able to bridge out, and the ending comes as Liv goes for oblivion, and Lynch blocks it and turns it into a manhandle slam, And as she goes to the pin, you can see her reaching with her leg for the rope, but she's too far out, so it's just a clean pin of Liv Morgan. And the announcers even called attention to this, trying to state what she was trying to do, but then they note she won fair and square, uh, 16 minutes, 57 seconds. Um, I thought outside of some early timing issues just at the beginning of the match that this thing did progress well, but a big negative to me was just the audience just, I just didn't feel they got that energized behind Liv Morgan with whether it was just not being behind her enough or the believability factor. Um, I just thought that that really was necessary in this kind of a match to take it to that next level. They worked hard, but I thought that the crowd really did not elevate Liv Morgan into a challenger. You were believing in, in those final couple of minutes that it needed.
0: I feel like with, you know a challenger like Liv Morgan with the gulf being so so big between were her and Becky Lynch in terms of star power i think you're going to reach a ceiling as about you know like how how much of an audience may be behind her how believable her her chances of winning are but all that said i i actually thought they managed to create something pretty special feeling by the end i thought the underdog having to dig deep to have the best performance of her life is a character that is, you know, very suited for Liv Morgan and one that I think they've struggled to really hone in on until like the video, really, the video package they it always seems to come through. Uh and I thought Liv actually managed to kind of embody the the storyline with her real life performance here because I thought this was Liv Morgan, Morgan having the best match of her career. Uh to me she looked really good. You know, it's it's it felt very well rehearsed um which I think is a uh, you know, it can be a positive and a negative, but I, I think for her and, and and what we've seen her capable of on a big stage, I definitely felt like it was a positive. We saw, to me, good aggression in her comebacks. I think the best thing about Liv Morgan is the fact that she she expresses her exact emotions through her face, whether or not it's intentional. Again, she walks out here much like she walked out um on that Raw match a, a month ago where it felt like the biggest match of her career you know she she just she she looks both nervous and also just like incredibly like amazed at like what she's about to walk into and at the end of the match she looks like she's about to cry um even in defeat but to me i interpreted it as her having gone through this incredible like match and and her having to um have a really tough performance that i think she pulled off very successfully so it really draws you into the performance it's much like what rick flair has i mean it's probably the only Ric flair Liv morgan comparison i'll ever make but they both managed to ex- ex- exactly express you know the emotion that they have on their faces whatever they're thinking so i i thought she did really well
1: what did you uh imagine the ending is is leaning like let's say becky gets her foot on the rope like are you trying to squeeze another match out of this
0: I can't see it, you know, like two, I think is, has been a lot already. Like I can't see them dragging this all the way to the rumble. Um, That is of course, unless they don't have anybody else,
1: a no bottom rope match. Like that's how Becky won the first match on raw. And this one, it seemed to be, that was the finish. Perhaps using the rope again.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, perhaps. But I I don't think there's to me enough steam to, to have a third match unless you're actually going to do a title change. And I don't think they will.
1: And the way the ending was here, I mean, you can't, you can't like disguise what happened here. Like this, this came off as a clean win for Becky Lynch as well. So that's yeah. just the way it kind of ended. I think you've kind of run the course here. Uh, that's when they, uh, Seth Rollins was interviewed. He said the advantage he has over the other four is that the other four men are not him. He's going to stomp heads and win. Biggie, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, and Kevin Owens for the WWE championship this was this was one of the most incredible eight minutes and 19 seconds you are going to see this (laughs) was this was a 2k game without the glitches that's what it was (laughs) yeah
0: sure like you could
1: not take a breath during this match they would not let you the bell rings and boom lesnar is hitting germans to owens and rollins multiple times and that biggie Dude, he cracks Brock Lesnar with this clothesline and sends him to the floor where Bobby Lashley spears Lesnar through the barricade. Owens and Rollins are working together. They're using the steps on Lashley and Lesnar. They clear the announcer's desk. And, dude, it was Lesnar got the biggest reaction, I thought, of the night of anyone coming out. Then when they cleared this desk. Dude, this crowd, it was a different crowd than i had heard all night. They were losing their minds to see a table. That's what they were here for. Brock Lesnar and a table. That's what they wanted to see. And it ended with Big E and Lashley on the steps and Lashley going through the desk after a urinagi from Big E. Rollins is setting up for the stomp, and as he leaps up, the returning Brock Lesnar runs in, catches him, F5, then hits a bunch to Owens. Lashley returns, spearing Lesnar for a big near fall, and Big E returns. He hits Lashley with the big ending, goes for the big ending on Lesnar, who counters F5 and pins Big E in 8 minutes and 19 seconds, ending the title reign of Big E. Uh, But, (laughs) dude, this is 8 minutes and 19 seconds? Like, had my undivided attention it was non-stop action and i mean it was it was incredible for the time it had i was like how are they going i thought wow they are racing because they're going to get this in by 11 o'clock and then it ended in eight nineteen. i was stunned it ended so early
0: no complaints from me um this uh, you know we've seen this brock lesnar sprint formula used to great effect during his run Um, and, uh, but I don't think I've ever seen it applied in a match with five people. It, it actually very much all five on special. Everybody was on special. I know this was like game genie in the game. Everybody had like unlimited, you know, like finishers. Um, and it was a lot of fun. it it honestly reminds me of a, a lot of like, you know, what, what, what people term like the indie style, the young buck style, the X division style. It's just like big move after big move after big move. Um, except these are all like really impressive power moves and, I just had so much fun watching it. I love the fact that they had Rollins and Owens work together to try to like equal one of the two giants here, and and constantly. F- I mean, one of the three giants, really. Like the you know Big E, Lashley, and 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 Brock, all all huge men. Uh, I love the fact that they made Lashley feel like an equal to Brock Lesnar very much in this match, and clearly drawing sewing a lot of seats for a future program between the two. Um, I think I read on Reddit today that this was like the first in-ring meeting between the two.
1: Of Lesnar and Lashley? Yes.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. This was the match
1: Lashley has always wanted. It's crazy to me. Going back to when he was in Impact. Like, this was the match he always Mm -hmm. wanted to have. And it was always, you know, they, they had the opportunities, but it just never presented itself in WWE.
0: But these two had not even touched in like a Royal Rumble, which is... Insane to me, you know, considering how long both have uh, been a part of the company. But so it, it definitely looks like we're about to get that match at some point soon. And I feel like it's 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 been a long time coming, and it's coming at a time now where Bobby Lashley actually feels special and and on the level of a Brock. Um, but you know, I I have to give this like company a whole lot of credit for managing an, in a very short amount of time to you lost your main event, yet I think you still managed to build a good amount of hype to see how Brock Lesnar would interact with these four other people. He is the type of performer that I think is so special that like you can really kind of add him into any mix and it'll have that air of excitement and like uh mystery, you know, of, uh, uh, of exactly how the match will go and and to me this completely lived up to and exceeded our expectations. Of course the the big unfortunate, you know, thing coming out of it is the fact that it leaves big E as the babyface champion now without the belt. And the question is what the finish of tonight would have been had Roman reigns not had COVID. Um, would big E still be champion and is his run at the top over now? You know, like to the, losing it to the same guy who took it off of Kofi Kingston. Um, I mean, I, I, I have to assume that this was not going to be the way that Big E was going to lose the championship. Of course not, right? Brock, Brock wasn't supposed to be in this match. So how is the Big E story going to end? And was this a premature conclusion to it? Or will they continue uh, in, in some other way? And I, of course, I certainly hope so. Because I don't think Big E, you know, his, his championship reign has, to me, not necessarily lived up to expectations. Like he, He's had the belt, but he's hardly been the focus. Of these shows, so we'll see what the follow up is to him. But you know, tonight I I I do kind of like give him a pass because I think they needed a big, surprising outcome to to get the audience home happy, and and they managed to to do that.
1: Yeah, I think. You know this this could be like a you know significant change for the the Lesnar direction because you do set up I, I think Lashley is the obvious match they had Lashley staring him down from the floor like they were certainly leading you in that direction even after the match um, you've I think it would make sense that you could do a rematch with Big E but uh, I don't see this title going back to Big E and I think the logical question is if you are making such a dramatic change that this is going to lead to title versus title at WrestleMania. Like that can be the only outcome I see of why you would make this change, other than making people happy the night of. But there's other ways around that than putting the belt on Lesnar. Lesnar should not lose before WrestleMania. So um, an issue there is, I mean, you have two nights, don't you? Uh, yes, and I mean, you don't need you don't need uh, each title on on both nights if you have if you if you had a strong main event for the first night. Or, or you do, you know, defend one title one night. I think everyone is expecting Reigns and Lesnar at WrestleMania, but mm-hmm. I would, I think you'd be crazy to beat Brock Lesnar before before Mania time.
0: So, dude, they do sort of a, a Wrestle Kingdom thing, like a little mini tournament. Champions you, you face could, each you other. You could go that
1: a? direction if you wanted. Yeah, yeah. You, we'll you see. could insert Lashley into in in there in in some form or fashion. Yeah, I mean. I, they they can
0: do whatever they want with the with championships. And in the end, it, it, it won't matter because somebody will have to give it up and like whatever. Right. But uh, the, the big matches that are coming out of this, that I, I think, you know, people want to see is Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and whatever story he's trying to tell with Brock is, is still uh, hopefully in the works. You know, that we got a big story with Paul Heyman that they tried really hard to protect that evidently tonight was supposed to be a big chapter for that. They're, they're going to have to delay somehow. Uh and then Big E, like that's the other big question. You know, what happens to Big E?
1: Yeah. I mean you've got you've got the Rumble show and then you've got Saudi Arabia as well, which I mean that, that will require like I could see Lesnar and, and Lashley being a match you would do in Saudi Arabia as well.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: So uh, it, it certainly, like, comes out with, like, a lot of interest, I think, for Raw just to see the direction of many of these these players and specifically Brock of what involvement he'll have on Raw. That I would say if if we're going to see Brock more so on both shows, I think that's certainly a reaction to uh, where Raw's numbers are and, you know, feeling the need to increase the the star power with several of Brock's appearances being over there if you're going to get some of these matches uh, squeezed out of them. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of the show overall? I really enjoyed the
0: main event. I enjoyed Liv versus Becky. I enjoyed the opener. Um and and everything else I thought was like, you know, a, a pretty good but like with very little interest going in. So I would say it was pretty usual of a premium live event. Strong in ring but um uh you know, um not not that much anticipation going in. But I I I'll, I'll give it a thumbs up overall.
1: I'm only going in the middle, but I would recommend the main event and the Uso's new day match. I think those would be the two. If you're going to go out of your way to see anything on the show, those would be the two I would recommend. So, um, I mean, it was the best day one ever. It was the best premium live event we have ever seen Mm -hmm. that, that go, that, that has some currency with it. Sure. All right. Okay. Well, I'm going to sign off everybody. Uh, again, my apologies that I cannot stick around, uh, Many many things I am uh, I am dealing with on uh, this side of the microphone, but I will be back on Monday with Rewind Raw, and uh, all of your feedback will be filtered through Way. So thank you very much, Way, for uh, finishing up the show, and uh, I'm sure I will be speaking with you very Monday shortly. Monday Monday at noon at, or Monday at one o'clock actually for the return. Oh, of that's the right, that's update. right. We've got that as well. So uh, Monday Monday at uh, one Eastern, we will be chatting post daily news, and we'll uh, we'll get everyone caught up to date.
0: Thanks very much, John. Thanks for making it. And if you have anybody anybody in the chat room who has anything to say about day one, uh, you can raise your hand right now. So if you do, uh, otherwise, we can go to the forum right now, forum.postwrestling.com. What did you guys think of day one? Actually, we have a few calls. So let's start off here with Nick. Nick, welcome to the show. Happy New Year.
2: Happy New Year. A long time to see. Yeah, it's been a while. Thanks for, thanks it's been for a while. making it. Of course. Yeah. A, a, listen, a premium live event needs a premium post show. And that is uh, what you guys always deliver. That's what we're going to rebrand the Patreon.
0: You know, premium <laughs> podcasts, premium live podcasts. Premium, premium post podcast. wrestling.
2: Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Would thought you, this um, yeah. conceptually was uh, an interesting idea. And clearly, you know, in terms of sales and stuff, it, it ended up playing out pretty well for WWE. I think there was a bit of skepticism in terms of the actual concept of day one. I thought the main event was like you guys described, like an incredible sprint and really had vibes of that 2017 SummerSlam main event between Braun Strowman, Samoa Joe, Lesnar and Reigns, Mm, where that was just also kind of a bit of a car crash. Um, I think an interesting thing to consider is that someone's, someone's got to win the Royal Rumble and challenge one of these champions. Mm -hmm. So if you have Lesnar win the title here, and I think John is right when he says that you can't really beat Brock until Mania or until he, you know, faces an opponent of, of decent caliber. I wonder, you know, what direction that puts whoever, you know, the Rumble winner is going to be or who that could even be, because I don't think anyone right now is particularly hot enough to, you know, generate some momentum for a Royal Rumble push.
0: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm
2: it's a good question like i mean let's say you know the match had
0: gone off tonight would brock have beaten roman reigns for the universal championship or would roman have retained and would brock have entered the rumble match you know he's 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 all over the uh, ads for the rumble itself so we know that he was going to have some sort of presence but would it have been as champion and at this point um does that How does that change? Will that change? I mean, there's a lot of ways that I I think they can go about it. You know, Brock can still defend the championship at Rumble. Somehow lose it, perhaps, and then still enter the match and get his Roman match that way. You know, they could... And and in the end, this would sort of just be a bit of a minor detour, day one would be. Um, But I don't know who would beat Brock right away. I mean, if anybody would have to be somebody from this match, don't you think? Could it be Big E? Could it be
2: Lashley? Is that too soon? I think it, I mean, it could be Lashley. I think the money with Brock, particularly in recent years, highlighted by, you know, Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre, is the money with Lesnar is really, you know, in the chase, like chasing him down, hunting him down. And then you, you get your match with him on like a big stage. And like he is, he's become very, very adept at putting people over in big spots. I think he's had he had that great match with Seth Rollins and the main event of SummerSlam and then you know kind of spot fests at Mania with Drew and Rollins. But I, I think, you know, it's whoever you want to put in that spot. So maybe it's someone like Biggie's, you know, redemption tour, he wins the rumble. Or I think like is this the moment where you truly crown, you know, Lashley as the heir to mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar? I think another interesting factor is that Brock is like very much a babyface mm-hmm. right now. Like he's taking photos of people in the crowd. It looks like like, post-championship wins. So I think, you know, it's all... I think questions for WWE is always a really good thing because it leaves people, you know, wanting more. And that's a, that's really, you know, key around this time of year for them. But yeah, it kind of leaves them in, in an interesting booking position, for sure.
0: Yeah, it perfectly sets up the Lashley match with Lashley being heel. But, I mean, even that, I I, I feel like he's been turning in recent weeks. but Or maybe not. Maybe maybe they'll change that back. You know, it makes the B-E, Big E match a little bit more awkward if Brock's going to continue this sort of very baby face persona, but ultimately, I mean, the big story is still going to be Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. So, um, I don't see them changing too much course, you know, but, but before they get to that match, thank you very much for the call, Nick. Appreciate it. Of course. All right, let's go up next to Hansi Hansi. Happy new year. Welcome to the show. What's up?
3: Happy new year, way man. Uh, I missed you guys for that week, man. By the way, um, I want to call but I, I understand you guys gotta take the day off take days off. I'm just glad you guys are back. Um I gotta say I I wasn't excited. I mean, if you watch these shows one off, like if you're someone that watches them one off, I mean obviously this community doesn't cause we're like so entwined into into all this, right? But like if you watch as a one off, it might have been a decent show because like the overbooking for like the world title match all, all all for the build, it didn't get so I mean so this Brock Lesnar news, even though I'm I'm sad about what happened to Roman Reigns and I hope he's all right. I was looking forward to the main event, and the main event delivered for the intensity and all that. Like, I enjoyed all the interactions and all that kind of stuff. I just feel bad for uh, Big E because I don't think this was, like, the most ideal way to even win the title anyways. Like, you know what I mean? Because I've always been waiting for one person who has the Money in the Bank briefcase to pull the the original Brian Danielson plan, which was to cash it in at WrestleMania for the main event. So for, for one year, you would have it solidified that this guy's going to be the challenger to whoever the champion is. And I just think they kind of like biggie did everything, he could that was right like he made the college football appearances he did all the all the hip-hop media he did all the boxing events he did like all also to make him look like a champion had dope matches I just don't think the creative was ever there and I even if Brock Lesnar wasn't gonna be in this match I thought Lashley was the reason why it, they, they added it because he was gonna take the title anyways so I mean listen I'm disappointed about Big e, um but and it this all ends for Roman Reigns and, and Brock to uh to to, to be the unification match if, if that's the rumor going on then i mean then i mean i guess it is what it is but i would prefer if like Lashley and Brock get the match and uh, you know and I'll give you that but also to say this about the Usos and New Day it was a match of the of the, of the the night for me but the thing that, that bothered me about this even is like this is one of the best rivalries you've had in this tag team division that you don't prioritize and like this is like one of their best um, the, the, you know few they had in the last decade for tag team the two prominent tag teams mm-hmm. and I felt like over the last course of the, like the, the month they were already giving away this match like nonchalantly, anyways, in gimmick matches. And it just watered down, like, it's unnecessarily watering down the, the 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 last hope that you have for your tag division that you don't prioritize. And that, you know, it's it just disappointing. E- either way, the, the pay per view was decent. I didn't have a problem with some of the matches. Some of the just, it, it just the beginning of the main event. And even the profits in RKO, I, RK Bro, I liked a little bit. But, that, but that, that, that's it, though. But uh, thank you for taking my call away. Happy New Year. I'm glad you guys are back, man. Um, it, Happy 2022, man.
0: Thank you, Hansi. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. Yeah, I, I I agree with a lot of it. You know, this is a feud that I think I I just wish that if they're going to do this match every I don't know several times a year, that at least like we have some sort of continuing narrative that builds upon each single match to just kind of make them feel a bit different and a bit special every single time um not to say that 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 like you don't have a running tally of how many things we've beaten but like just a continuation of the spots and maybe them learning from each other's mistakes and little things like that that get pointed out to add a little bit of depth to the the storytelling would be much preferred but it's not really the company that that is known for that sort of thing let's go to up next to jake from the windy city jake happy new year and welcome to the show what's up
4: Happy New Year, my friend. Uh, had a great uh, vacation over the holidays. Uh, back from, just came back earlier today from Southern California. Went to Disneyland over the holidays and feel, feeling all good. Felt all recharged and refreshed, and looking forward to this new year, man. Good
0: stuff, dude. Um, what do you think of day one?
4: Yeah. Well, it, here's the thing. I was I, I had the pa- I had day one uh, in the background while I was uh, doing other stuff in my house uh, in the and just unpacking some of my stuff and. It was interesting, you know. While I was preparing for dinner and just cooking, just cooking some stuff, I was getting ready to getting ready for the, for this good meal. And the main event was a lot of fun while it lasted. And and just about when I took my fork, the match was already <laughs> over. <laughs> it was a it was a funny thing, man.
0: Well, how was the dinner? Will give us a review of that. What'd you yeah,
4: have? Uh, it, it was a spaghetti. It was uh it was a great uh, jolly spaghetti, um, spaghetti and meatballs. So it was pretty good. Um, here's okay. the thing. I can live with the title change, but I, I just wasn't a fan of Biggie taking the pin. You know, like mm-hmm. why not have Lesnar beat Rollins or Owens so that Biggie at least had a claim that he wasn't to lose a championship, which can create the need for a future title match. And uh, I, I and I'll say this: like I, I really like that Brock is in the babyface side of things because we we have a hell of a lot of heels on Raw anyway. But maybe this is their. Maybe they really wanted Big E out of the title picture. So I'm really curious how they're going to follow up with that.
0: I, I think that's a great point. I didn't even think of that until now, Jake. You know, um, I think in order to, it's, you know, this these are very, like, weird circumstances for, for a title change. And I think coming out of it, you want to maintain Big E as a contender the best way you can. And it really, it was perfectly served for you right there with somebody like an Owens or Rollins being able to take a pin from... Brock Lesnar to for him to lose the belt and still have right. a claim for a rematch. So, I, I, you're that's a great point. I don't know why they didn't do that, um, unless they have other justification. So, we really <laughs> shall shall see like what the, what the plan is. But yeah, I, I'm really hoping you know coming out of this, we don't have a repeat of the Kofi Kingston situation where you know um, I know somebody, yes somebody uh, like a champion that the cra- the crowd absolutely loves. Uh, who hasn't necessarily gotten um, fair due as as a main character on a show, despite holding the belt, loses the belt to Brock Lesnar, and then, you know, is, is not seen at that level again. So hopefully that's not a repeat of that.
4: Right. And uh, one more thing here. I'm interested to see um, where Paul Heyman will be uh, coming after this. Uh, I mm-hmm. know he didn't appear tonight, but uh, just pretty, um, just uh, he might take some time off, but it was, Probably we'll see him uh, show up, uh, hopefully, sometime soon. It'll be interesting where he's going to be placed, uh, uh in all this. And also, uh, I really enjoyed uh, the Edge and Miz match. Um, but I, uh, with uh, with Beth Phoenix uh, coming out, it's like, oh, he, he, she looked a little constipated, in my opinion, with that <laughs> overreaction and all that. Uh, but yeah, she was angry.
0: She, she has like, yeah, she was angry. She's pissed off that this, this person has you know been constantly inter- interfering in her husband's matches. You know, she she came out to fight. She had dreadlocks, or braids, at least. You know, she she like yeah. she was ready to to go to war. It seemed like,
4: yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, but I don't know. Like, I don't think Miz and Marissa looks that much of a threat. To, you know, being the heels and all that. But I'm kind of interested. Maybe this will lead to WrestleMania. I, but, so.
0: I, I think you know, the, to me, like Miz and Marissa do the heavy lifting and the promo work and the and the. I think they're they're both like really excellent heels, and and they'll they'll do a whole lot of that. Um, to, it's as much a novelty of seeing Beth Phoenix return and to uh, seeing her team up with with uh, Edge, you know, as as anything. And um, I think intergender matches usually like do pretty well with live crowds. So um, I'm I'm hoping
4: for the best. I'm hoping for a better match than maybe what we got tonight, at least. All right. So that's about all I have. Way. Uh, thanks so much, and uh, welcome back. Looking forward to the to the year end awards uh coming up. Can't wait.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much, Jake. Yes. Yes, those will be, uh, again, the best of will be happening this Friday morning. Thursday night slash Friday morning is when that show will drop. It'll be me, John, Braden, and Davey. So we'll have all the categories up at, at some point, and uh, you guys can follow along with your own picks. All right, let's go to form.postwrestling.com with some of your thoughts about tonight's show. We start off here with Brandon from Oshawa who says, I was really hoping to see some good stuff between Lesnar and, from Lesnar with both Orton, Owens, and Lashley. Unfortunately, I was disappointed in the Lesnar-Owens interactions. Even with the big payday for Owens, it still looks like they won't consider him at that level. Um, Yeah, unfortunately not. I mean, you have to look at the layout of the match. And you have to look at who's booking the match and the style of matches that they book. You know, like, you have your Giants in Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. And then you have two people that are considerably smaller than everybody else and that's kevin owens and seth rollins so i i didn't have an issue with it i know you probably like want to see kevin owens be put on the level of a brock lesnar but unfortunately in this company with kevin owens standing um it's it's simply not happening so i thought it made perfect sense to have like this two smaller men team up against the, the bigger men but i could see why you would be disappointed Brennan also says, I was glad to see Lashley get the better of Lesnar, though, and it looks at least like we will get that match at the Rumble, maybe. Decent show overall, but nothing I'll end up remembering after a couple weeks. I do love the Saturday events, though. Hope this ends up sticking. We then go to Kate from Montreal who says, For me... This show suffered from a lack of emotional engagement in the matches. Much of the in-ring work was really good, but I wasn't excited about the stories. I feel like this showed, especially in the women's match, where the unwelcome Becky heel turn and the lack of broader excitement over Liv, although she seems hugely over with the online fans, made the audience feel disinterested. I always felt like Lesnar vs. Roman was the direction for Mania, and now I'm wondering if they'll use that opportunity to unite the titles. If that is the case, it really diminishes my interest in the Rumble. I'd rather have Les- Lesnar versus Lashley, but there's no one I can see who would rise to be a credible challenger to Roman. Maybe Big E, but he's been booked so weak that it feels like even a rumble win wouldn't elevate him enough. Thank you very much, Kate. And as I mentioned, Kate will be joining me for our Battle of the Belts review coming out on Saturday. So a lot of stuff coming out this week. Um make it up for lost time. We were away for the last week, but we'll be back with the vengeance this week because uh, first of all, WrestleNomics drops on Sunday evening uh, for all uh, for everybody listening. But then we're back with Rewind to Raw, uh, Wrestle Kingdom reviews Tuesday and Wednesday, Best of Thursday evening, Rewind to SmackDown and Rampage coming out on Friday, Saturday we've got Wrestle Kingdom Night Three review with the Noah versus New Japan show, AEW Battle of the Belts reviews, uh, and of course up next, Shot in the Dark returns as well, and daily news updates Monday, Thursday, and Friday. So we'll be. <laughs> We'll be doing uh, 50 shows over the past uh, over the next week. So do tune in for that, postwrestling.com. And uh, give us a subscribe on our YouTube, youtube.com slash postwrestling. We're back, everybody. And uh, thank you for listening, especially all of you guys live. So for John Pollock, he's not here, but I will say goodbye for him. Talk to you guys soon.